Payins guys, this is the J from the What's Real podcast for our official sponsor of the What's Real Summer Vacation Specials Parts 1 and 2, Churchill Pictures. Churchill Pictures is a Pittsburgh-based film production company founded by Damiano Fusca and Jared Bajoris. Check out churchillpictures.com for all kinds of information about the company and their work. The website contains dozens of videos, including short films, movie previews, comedy sketches, the entire documentary UCW, The Greatest Show You Never Saw, exclusive independent pro wrestling matches, links to view or purchase their two feature films, Deference and The Unsung, the entire history of the What's Real podcast, the Film City podcast, and so much more. Check out churchhillpictures.com today, and also check out the official Churchill Pictures YouTube channel. Search for Churchill Pictures and please subscribe. Also follow Churchill Pictures on all social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Churchill Pictures, picture the possibilities. It's a five-star podcast because we do it. What's What's up, guys? It's time for the What's Real Summer Vacation Special Part 2, as we promised. And uh, this time, we are going to do something completely off the charts this week. But before I do that, I'm your host, Ed Demko. And along with my main man with the motherfucking plan himself, the J, Jared Bajoris. What's happening, the J? Welcome to the deuce, hey, yo, as they, they did with the Hot Shots franchise. This is part deux. Part deux. As we like to do on the, <laughs> the show with our french roots that we don't have but yeah i'm pumped up man these specials have been fun we're enjoying uh the summer here and the usual pittsburgh weather of rain day sunny day rain day sunny day 93 no pools open but still enjoying it it's summer and dude you're doing a back-to-back ravishing rick rude as you were talking to me from the what's real studios here in pittsburgh but you're also uh, on the sandy beaches of Florida, uh, searching well, you know for Florida, it, man. Uh, I assume maybe having a daiquiri on a beach somewhere with Greg the Hammer Valentine, possibly. I don't know. You can let me know, future Jared. We will see. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's that time of year, ain't it? You you will know with the Rick Rude tie-in that every time before I take a sip of my margarita on the beach that I do the gyrating. <laughs> <laughs> you just dude i i hope you set aside a nice chunk of money man because you're gonna have to go get all of those fucking trunks uh airbrushed as yeah, soon as, as you get i said with floor. a picture of sean on my trunks <laughs> yeah i mean like what dude what, what, what is that like six seven hours you're just sitting around waiting for all those trunks to be made at least pretty much man that's what rvd had to do oh man that's a rough way to start but it is what it is but on to the special here this week, uh, this week, this time, I should say, fuck this week. It has nothing to do with this week. We have done this a couple times on our regular show, the What's Real podcast, which you guys hopefully listen to each and every week right here. Um, but we are doing and we have done Mount Rushmore's of something. Meaning, you know, we all know what Mount Rushmore is. It's four presidents on a mountaintop. There you go. But instead of the presidents, we're picking a myriad of topics. We've kind of done this before. I wish I could remember off the top of my head one of the ones that we've done. Maybe movie directors or something like that. Or no, we did uh, comedians. Yeah, we did comedians. And I I think we did 
like overall wrestlers because there was uh, yeah something that, that yep. came out on Twitter at the time that we just threw it at each other just to cover it. So what we figured we would do here today is we have 10 of these each for each other. Uh, we both have no idea what they are, so it's going to make it more difficult. It's going to put us on the spot and it's going to just kind of make you make a choice. Okay, so it's like we're under the gun here. This is kind of what we're doing. All right. So the J, would you like to start or would you like me to throw something at you? Uh, let's do a live on air paper, rock, scissors. We'll just say it. So I'll count down one, two, three. One, two, three. Rock. Paper. All right. So I win. You got me. All right. So I choose to ask you uh, what your Mount Rushmore is for wrestling heels. Ooh. Very good one. Hey, so let's get into it and just now, start. No, wait. Okay. Let, to start off, no let, let's do this too. Let's raise the stakes a little bit. I'm not going to do it with this one. Okay. But the person asking the question sets the parameters. So okay. like if you kind of don't know what direction to go in or if I don't know, I ask you and you clarify and then we go from there. Gotcha. All right. So the J, let what is your Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling heels of all time? See, it's it's really tough to go off the top of your head with this stuff, but it's also good because hopefully you can go with your gut. And yep. the only disclaimer I would have for it is anybody listening that knows me personally, if if I just miss something that's obvious, just know we're, you know, like we said, we set the parameters to kind of wing this. So um, you know, but hopefully I'll nail it. And, and again, it's personal and opinion anyway, right? Hey, you yep. so Agreed. Um, off the bat, the, the first number one that would come to mind would have to be our man. You know, we extensively talked about him pretty early on um, with the A&E biographies. That would have to be Rowdy Roddy Piper. I knew you were going to go there and that's a perfect call. I told he would be on mine. I would totally agree there. hundred percent. Next up, I'd have to go with Mr. McMahon. And the evil Vince character. That's that. I wouldn't argue with that. I don't know if that would be on mine, but I'd have to really think about it. And like you said, you're under the gun and that's, it's still a great choice. I, I wouldn't argue with it at all. Number three, because of the turn and we talked about our personal experience. I actually missed it with you guys. Cause ironically full circle, as we ironically do on the podcast, I was in Florida during the pay-per-view okay. when Hulk Hogan turned, but I, because of that, and just personally, I'd go with Hollywood Hulk Hogan because okay. one of the biggest That's, turns ever. Yeah. And that dude, that was a ridiculous run there for him as the, the main dude in WCW, like the head of the NWO that was massive. That was a whole co complete career resurgence for Hogan. Yep. Then next up uh, to get them on here because it's been so many years and it's one of those things you love the guy so much and now you you know so much about him personally, but you can't forget the prime of his healdom and this, the healness. And I would throw Ric Flair in the Four Horsemen era. As uh, okay. That, yeah, because he, he would have been feuding with Dusty and stuff like that. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's a really solid call. 
So, and I, a, I couldn't argue with Ric Flair, period, because he's had, dude, even his, his basic, no, entire WWF run was as a heel. Yep. And that was exactly one of my favorite periods of his whole career. So can't argue there at all. So that's, yeah, we mentioned the specifically the build up to WrestleMania eight against Savage, where he's doing all this yep. shit with Liz it was classic. That's phenomenal. So we got, okay, to recap here, we have Ric Flair. Rowdy Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan as, uh, you know, the NWO heel. And who's the other one that we're missing that I forgot? Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon. Good call. That's a good solid uh, Mount Rushmore of, of wrestling heels. I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah, my I don't know if it's worth. Uh, yeah, fuck it. You know, we, we do our thing on here just for the um, honorable mention. Hey, uh, that just missed out who I would have done next. Okay, because because it's five, it's four, right? We I yep. I brain farted the last time with like I said, I've never <laughs> been to North or South Dakota. We didn't I haven't either. Dakota. Trust me, and I <laughs> so, probably won't be. Yeah, so it's the four, but yeah, my fifth personally because I fucking hated him at, at the times, and that's his job would have been trips. Oh boy. Yeah, he's a real life heel. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> so different reasoning for it, but uh, yeah, good good opening topic to. To shoot it out there, hey, oh, for sure. All right, the jam. What do you got for me here? All right, so this might be a tough one, you know, off the bat. So, uh, like you said, setting up the parameters, I will give you the opportunity if you want to take it, it. That'd be up to you to to pull up uh, a list uh, on Google or whatnot to kind of get some answers for it because it might be tough. But this is one of our favorite shows of all time, and I wanted to throw it at you: your Mount Rushmore of the Simpsons episodes. Oh, okay. I could. I think I could somewhat do this. Uh, my favorite episode of all time is the uh, the the Hank Scorpio episode. Where I love that. <laughs> that's my favorite episode of all time. I think it has like the most laughs per minute type thing uh, for me. Uh, no matter how many times I watch it, I absolutely love that one. Um, another one. This is just completely random. I forget how this even came up the other day, but I was like watching the video for it on YouTube. But the uh, the softball episode. Uh, yes, I love this episode because it's just it's it's a really like there's a great story to it, but like they're going just bonkers with the amount of shit <laughs> that they're doing in this one. Uh, and of course, the song uh, is one of my favorite things of all time. Uh, of course, yeah. um, another one would be the Pulp Fiction episode, uh, the one with uh, the robot that Lisa Linguo the robot, and that's the wraparound story. Uh, right. And they do that's the one I believe with uh, Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel and uh, Wiggum Pi. And like they do all the spoofs and, or the spinoffs and shit, uh, but they they do it like in a Pulp Fiction style way. So like that one's tremendous. And as a fourth one, hmm, man. See now, the first three weren't hard, but the last one's really hard because uh, now I'm looking at 26 seasons of That's a TV show to be like say. to be like I need one episode. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. um, let me see because this I don't remember if this is it. This might have been that episode that I was talking about the uh, 
the Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it's called 22 Short Films About Springfield. The reason why I bring it up is also because that has the steamed hams. Yeah, gag, we talked about steamed Which ham. is my favorite possible thing in in the history of The Simpsons. Um, yeah, that last one, though, man. Um, man, this is really hard. Uh, the one, the episode where Homer goes on workman's comp because he gets super fat and he's like wearing the moo. He's in the moo <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I don't remember the full episode. Uh, the the one with the fuck. It's it's just a gag from an episode. Uh, it's the thing with Gentle Ben, the talk show host. Is fucking, <laughs> yeah. That shit kills me. And then yeah. just, to, and this is my cop-out answer. I'll give you one more thing. And I don't know what, I forget what episode it is too. But like, they're, they're, it's like Homer's watching TV and it's like a hard copy show that he's watching. And it's like, uh, like we talked to the local farmer who's also a local pimp. And it's like, and they go to an interview and it's like this redneck in overalls. And he's like, excuse me, sir. Uh, what about all the, uh, uh, all the prostitutes? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. There ain't no prostitutes here. And then the, the reporter goes, Oh, what about the, uh, what about the hookers? And he's like, round back. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and it just. That yeah, shit fucking kills me. So yeah. that's my cop out. And you can also throw in the one too, where Homer has to go back to college and he's with the fucking nerds yeah, and he's trying awesome. to do the pranks and shit like that stuff kills me too. Great episodes. It's fucking almost impossible to do that. It always, though. It always sticks out to me. The, the last temptation of Homer when I think it was Michelle Pfeiffer was the special Oh, the, voice. the gummy Venus de Milo. Yeah, and he's like he's like reading off his hand with the say to her, and he's like, Mindy, you oh, are an elf. <laughs> you are an elf uncontrollably. <laughs> I think. Like do, and then of oh, course it's good. like it's, it's like uh he's like, I it's I'll be fine. I wrote all the stuff on my hand that I have to say to her, and it's like, who does that kind of thing? And then that guy walks past with the giant hand and he's like, it all started back in 1956. And then it cuts <laughs> and he has a giant hand yeah, and it so has good. like a book written yeah. on it. His whole life story is on his hand. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's amazing. That's okay. So moving right along here, I'm looking over my list here and I will go, what is your Mount Rushmore of... Video game franchises. Well, you know, the J, lifelong gamer. So that puts a lot of pressure on me because that is basically, I always reference having been very fortunate to get the original Nintendo in 85. Okay. I remember my. Th this, one, this might make it a little easier for you if you want. You, you could do two. And I don't know if it's going to be different for you or not. But I was going to say, do one just for the ones that you just sheerly like and then do another one that were like the ones that were like the most influential on you as a gamer. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, off the bat, I'll go with my personal stuff, of course. And my number one favorite franchise was the Witcher. Of all time. Franchise any any of system, any, anything. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah, I fell in love with those games. I, I stumbled on playing The Witcher 2, just doing some research. It got on my radar. Uh, you know, this is a handful of years ago, and it was just so up my alley. Uh, they're considered third-person action RPGs. You know, you play it as the character of Geralt of Rivia in third person, meaning that, the, you know, the character is not first person, of course. You know, you play with the full-bodied character and control them. And the combat is just ridiculous. It's a dark RPG, so it's very adult. You know, it's like you hook up with with chicks in the in the realm. Like, he's actually in a love triangle with, like, a, a two hot-ass sorceresses okay. and stuff like that. And it's another one of those games that was ahead of its time uh, for the time of your decisions within the game impact the future game so it gives you the opportunity to play multiple times okay so just always love the witcher so that that would be off the bat number one and and how many are in the series um the witcher 3 was the last one in the original quote-unquote trilogy i would call it but of course the netflix uh series with henry cavill as Geralt of rivia came out afterwards and was huge it was like you know they compare it to being Netflix Game of Thrones in air quotes. Yep. yep. And uh, of course, season two is coming out soon. And due to the popularity of that, Netflix is actually having two spinoff shows already. One's an anime um, film, and then the other is an animated uh, spinoff series. Okay. And of course, like we'll see how many actual seasons they do, but it's real popular. And of course, due to that, the uh, producers of the Witcher series is is uh, called CD Project Red. So they announced after The Witcher 3, which was the final one, that they were going to no longer have any Geralt of Rivia Witcher video games. But again, you know how that goes with the success of yep. the show and everything else. Um, there's already rumors that there's going to be some semblance of a Witcher 4. Whether they change the Geralt character being the main catalyst or something like that is, okay. is yet to be seen. But I'm thinking something's going to be coming in the future from that. But uh, just in a nutshell, that's my favorite video game franchise of all times. Cause it personally is, is right in line with the shit I like as far as that goes. Next up, I would go to a classic franchise because I played numerous ones in the series and that would be final fantasy. Yeah. I can't really argue with that. Even, even though me as a casual gamer these days, like I was much more of a gamer years ago and that's, that was always a massive one for everybody. Yeah, I would I would recommend, especially considering it's going to fall in price, uh, the Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Seven remake that's okay. out for PlayStation Four. Uh, I played through it; it was amazing. That was at the outset of the pandemic too, so that ah, helped okay. me beat, beat that a lot quicker than I typically would have. But yeah, I would recommend that for you. Hey, you had to get back in the franchise because it, the gameplay just sucks you in, and it's just the graphics and everything else is is epic. But okay. yeah, I still. I still remember for Super Nintendo, Final Fantasy three is the oh, yeah. first one that sucked me in. My cousin Johnny, shout out to cousin Johnny, uh, he's the one that even got me into gaming and stuff. And, and I just remember I didn't even play uh, Final Fantasy at that time. I just would watch him play. I remember eating Red Hot chips with a gallon of milk watching <laughs> Final Fantasy three. And then, then of course, I got really into it with uh, Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy seven for PlayStation. Uh, I had that. Oh, yeah. I remember that. So did I had that, too. Yeah, that was tremendous. It went from there. Uh, Up next, number three. I'm just going to close it out with my gut because there's like a million I could put on here, but I'm just going with my personal favorites, of course. So uh, the next one I'd have to say would be Resident Evil. Uh, 
I can't argue with that either. There's a lot of the. How many Resident Evil games are there at this so point? So the main the main games besides any spinoffs is at eight. I just actually beat the eighth one per, for PlayStation Five. It's called Village. And dude, um, and how many spinoffs do they have? Roundabout, like you know, I don't need an exact. Do, are that's, there, yeah, that's the thing. There's numerous. I'll just say, is there more than ten spinoffs? I don't know if there's that many. I would say probably five range. Okay. Okay. Something like that. Wow. But, but yeah, there's there's eight considered like the main games of the canon. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only one that wasn't great, in, in my opinion, was six. Okay. Uh, every other one was like really good. I mean, one one through three are classics. And they, they did those remakes too. I'd recommend that to you too. Uh, hey, they, they remade Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. Yeah, and actually, I played through both of those. I played really a little. Good. I played a little bit of both of them just to see what they were like, and they're they were fucking cool. I dig it. I dude, I kind of like remastered games, especially because a lot of the times they're not racking you full price for a game, and it is an updated version of the game you fucking liked. So exactly, I, I'm actually I just started. I got it through GameFly. Uh, I've mentioned on the show before. I'm a, a subscriber to GameFly. It's a, a mail-in service similar to how Netflix was when they used to do hard copy movies with video games. So I, I get to swap out and rent video games uh, through the mail. So I get to play a ton of shit. And I'll probably end up buying this from them because you can do a keep it option. Okay. And you know you want to test it out first, but that's the Mass Effect series there's a new package called uh mass effect legacy and it's all three of the trilogy games mass effect one two and three all remastered for playstation 4 and already i'm i'm loving it jeez dude that yeah, not not to so much shit not to change the subject i just saw this a while ago and i don't think i ever brought it up to you before but i saw that like call of duty has a rambo pack and it's Stallone. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And I'm like, what yeah. in the motherfucker? Like, you've got to be kidding. Me. Like, dude, I, that's crazy to me now. Like, even like Mortal Kombat's done that. A lot of video game franchises have done that. But like, they do that thing where like, somehow they incorporate movie characters into the shit. And it's like, like, I, I mean, it, why would you do that? But it's amazing. Like, I'm not complaining at all. Yep. And then uh, to round it out, hey, Eel, and this is the toughest one. It's just like the problem you had with the Simpsons. It's like, man, mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to leave all these other ones in the yeah, dust. Yeah, you got one but, slot left. But I'm kind of summing it up, too, with which in my head is the proof for these being my personal favorites is I'm thinking of the ones that I've replayed the most. You know, and like you said, yeah. I'm, I'm playing remakes and all these uh, franchises. I've played through The Witcher 3 th- three times. Which okay. for me is ridiculous with the size of that game. And so I'm doing the same thing with my final one on my Mount Rushmore video game franchises. And I'm going to go with the Uncharted series. Wow, man. I'm very surprised to not see something no, like I, I, Madden. I was, yeah, Madden or, was on here. Grand Theft Auto yeah. would, would be on here for me. Yep. Um, of course, the classics, Mario. Yep. Um, you know, you know, even like loving playing uh, at the newest NBA 2K again and like loving those years. I mean, it's, it's definitely tough, but yeah, I had to go with the gut and the ones that I've replayed the most because the uncharted games I've all played all three of them, or there's four of those actually. I've played all, all four of those multiple times. And uh, I just, you know, you know me, dude, I always loved Indiana Jones. It's like a modern 
kind of take on Indiana Jones. Yeah. And it's a na- naughty dog. You always go with the publishers. And, I, that and I've played those. The they're, they're, AAA. That, that's the game I originally got with my PlayStation 4. So yeah. it's, yeah. yeah, that shit was ridiculous. I'm like, dude, it, yeah, it's it, super fun. Well, it just reminded me of like a different kind of take on Tomb Raider sort of. It's not, exactly. not exactly yeah. the same, but like kind of same wheelhouse. And I was like, yo, this is fucking awesome. This game's fun as shit. Yeah, and the last, uh, you know, speaking of that, I always like Tomb Raider too. The last uh, few modern oh, yeah. Tomb Raiders are really good. Yep. You've always been a big fan of Tomb I mean, even back in the day and stuff, of course, but like you've continued. Like I remember you constantly playing the new Tomb Raiders and shit. Yep. So, it's yeah. In, it, once it gets in your wheelhouse, man, it's tough to let some of it go. So there you go, man. You got The Witcher. You got Uncharted. Or is it, yeah, is it Uncharted? Yep. Okay, Uncharted. Uh, Hit me with the other two. I'm, I'm losing Resident my mind. Evil. Resident Evil, of yeah, course. No problem. And, and Final Fantasy. And Final Fantasy. All right. Not too bad there, so, Jay. Perfect timing as we do. The chemistry we have. Hey, you know, so I'll just go with this because it was on my list for you. And mine was video games to you. And to switch it up, let's just go specific actual games. Your Mount Rushmore, which is really wow. hard for, uh, for video games. Okay. I, I could do this. Uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. The original fucking, I played that game so much as a kid that yep. it's ridiculous. Uh, Mortal Kombat uh, 2. Mortal Kombat 2, when that shit came out for Super Nintendo, oh, that, yeah. blew my mind. Unbelievable game. Even to this day. Because we were Super like, Nintendo guys yep. in the first one. For Sega, they had the blood. I would go over JP Finnerty's yep. just to play his version because Nintendo outed the blood. And that just That's what makes that game of course is the gore it just is what it is and then mortal kombat 2 was the first nintendo version to have the full-on fatality and dude i remember getting that i don't i don't care like i'm not hating on genesis either uh but like dude super nintendo to me was a superior system as far as performance and graphics went a hundred like every time i'd go and play my friend like i would play like live NBA Live or like Madden and shit back then and stuff too. And then like you go over your buddy's house that has Sega and you play the same game. And I'm like, this looks like shit. It's choppy. The game, like the controls are weird. Like I never liked the three button controller that Sega had over the four button, well, six button really. Uh, yep. Super Nintendo. So I just, I just liked it way better. So it's just one of those things. Um, man. Two more. Uh, I will go with. Man. On the, on the spot. Hey, yeah, that's rough, dude. Um, <laughs> let me think. I will go with. WCW versus the world. I was waiting for you to call on, on, on one of those. That was, I believe that's. That's not the same as the, the... I'm talking about the one for PlayStation. Remember the very first yeah. game that came out? It was like the precursor to those N64 games. Right. But Yeah, it was versus the world. But remember, it had all those fake dudes that were all real people. Yeah, like Sabu was on there. It's just a different name. We yep. knew it was Sabu. And then it had like Terry Funk and Terry Gordy. And fucking like Kabashi and Masawa and like all those dudes like that and uh, Great Sasuke and Takamichinoku and 
Like, dude, that game and Scott Norton, I remember being on there and Vader, like, but like they, he couldn't have the mask and shit, but it was Vader. Oh, that was like that, that famous story with us where we're, when we first got it, I think we were supposed to go to a, a local indie show. PWX. And, yep. And we decided not to, to play the game. Cause we were really like that. We always said like, you know, we get on the, 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 the rocking chair on the porch is the old man, you know, and say like, kids these days playing video games for 10 hours. We had Nintendo. We'd play for 40 minutes. Then we'd go outside. Like, you know, our, at least like personally for our upbringing, like we were pretty balanced with it. Yep. Yeah. We'd get our gaming in, but we weren't ridiculous. But that particular game at that particular time, we played that thing for like 10 hours that day. Well, sure. and dude, we, that, we skipped the indie show. <laughs> yeah. We admit that. It, and it's it because it's, it was such a big deal because we never used to do shit like that. So absolutely. Right, that, that stood out. Uh, completely man so yeah and then for another one man i'm just gonna go okay i'm just gonna pick something completely and this is pun intended out of left field here but dude i love this game uh and it's ken griffey baseball for super nintendo i love that too yep i love that fucking game man they had like the cartoon like I read an article about that game where they were talking about how it, it, the game makers and shit were making fun of like the steroids in baseball because if you remember all the dudes were like cartoony and jacked yeah, and shit. Jacked. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that game was absolutely awesome. So yeah, and I mean, dude, there's That's a good call. There's plenty of other better games than the ones I just mentioned. These are just games that like I remember were like off the charts. Like, yep. and I could have picked Grand Theft Auto and Madden and all kinds of other, you know, games and franchises and shit. But yeah, those are just ones that came to mind as like immediate favorites. So that was a fun one, actually, the J. So yeah, was good. let's go with your top four or Mount Rushmore, I should say, not top four. Um, Comedic films of all time. Oh, is that a tough one? Because comedies are known to be really tough to do because uh, the human sense of humor is so subjective and, and unique. You know, what makes one person laugh makes another person gross out and stuff like that. You know, because you have varying types of humor, you know, like the intelligent humor, slapstick, Dick you know, jokes. you have like the naked gun. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the gross out humor and, and you could be a fan of, of some, but not all, or just only one, and et then, cetera. So, and then spoofs and shit like that. Yeah. Like, or, or like, then you even get into like the, the comedies that are kind of like Fletch where it's like a dude in just a bunch of disguises doing crazy hijinks and shit. And then stuff like Dazed and Confused, which is like a slice of life, but it's a comedy. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So all that brought up because it's super tough, but that's what makes it easier is to get super personal. Um, Okay. So right off the bat, I'm just going to have to go with an oldie but goodie for me that just always kills me. Still to this day, I rewatched the trilogy a handful of years ago, I'm going to give it some more time in between because I like to do that, like build it up, not overdo it. Yep. And that would be Naked Gun. That's and true. We'll start there. Yeah, I would. That would be on mine too, <laughs> no doubt about it. Leslie Nielsen just uh, killing it, <laughs> just ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, it's that movie um, is gut busting. It really is. 
then then I go got to go with uh, my one of my favorite comedians of all time, and he has a ridiculous catalog. So I'm gonna just go with the one that for me is like my personal favorite. And it's just for me because there's a better one that I'll I'll name here too just to describe the whole situation. But that would be Jim Carrey and me, myself, and Irene. Okay. Yeah, that movie's fucking that, funny that, though. It's really funny. That movie funny. just kills me. Because I, I was going to go with Dumb and Dumber because uh, that dude, one kills me too, I watched, the original. I watched that like a couple weeks ago just randomly and I was fucking crying. That movie is amazing. Yeah, it still stands up. It, it does because it's just complete stupidity so it would that yeah. doesn't get old like that ages very well then then i'd have to go just with with another classic just because we're mount rushmore in it and caddyshack oh yeah i can't argue with caddyshack that's for fucking sure <laughs> that movie <laughs> dude another one. that movie's like shit like that's one of those movies where like people deliver a line and then, like twenty seconds after the line, you start laughing about it and shit. You're like, "Dude, yep. that's fucking ridiculous." <laughs> and that just goes into my last one on here. There's so many other ones, but I'm just going with my gut. And I just watched a documentary on this movie, actually. So hmm. maybe that's why it's in my head to slip in for my fourth and round out my Mount Rushmore of comedic films. And that would be the original National Lampoon's Animal House. See, I don't like Animal House. And it's, I remember talking yeah, about that. Yeah. It just doesn't. Oh, I, I love it. And I've, dude, I, and that's the thing, dude. You know how I am with shit. Like, I've given that movie probably like five or six chances in my life. And I'm just like, nope, it just doesn't do it it's for just me. not your cup of tea. Nope. Yep. It just doesn't. So, all right, the Jay, what do you got for me next? All right. So, I'm going to, of course, go back to the world of pro wrestling, but I haven't thrown a pro wrestling Mount Rushmore at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this one's a little different because it kind of goes into. Uh, this was in our wheelhouse for some ideas we had for the show's content. So, okay. Uh, again, maybe that's why this was in my head. So I'm throwing at you your Mount Rushmore of specifically King of the Ring pay-per-view matches. King of the Ring. Just because it's it's that time of the year that King of the Ring would normally go on, and it's a pay-per-view that they uh, took out of the the schedule a while ago. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that'd be a cool one. So, yeah, your Mount Rushmore of King of the Ring. Okay. I will. Matches. I, I immediately have to go to this for personal reasons and for, like, iconic reasons. But you got to put Mankind and, and Undertaker Hell in a Cell. That's a must. That's yep. such, like, an iconic matchup that, you know, that that that's my immediate go-to for that. It's just so legendary for all the reasons. Yeah, I think so. Uh, man. Now, see, this is kind of tricky, too, man, because, like, the the tournaments in a lot of these don't really have the best matches. Um, right, because they, they, they were struck for time and things like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I another one that I'd go with immediately, just because it doesn't fit that mold, is uh, Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon. Yep, uh, that's a great one. Because that fucking match is just insanity, uh, complete insanity. Um, another one, I, I I would probably because it's it's the best of the ones, and because it's my favorite King of the Ring, I gotta kind of do this one. Is uh, Bretton Perfect? Like, is Bre- yeah, we were just talking about that. Brett's King of the Ring run is my favorite of all anyone that ever won it ever 
And uh, and I got to pick one of his matches, and that's the best of the three. So I'd go with that. Um, and another one. Hmm. Yeah, again, you get to that fourth slot. You know what match I really like is uh, Michaels and Bulldog from 96, which is the year. I always like their chemistry. Yeah, their matches are always good, 100%. Yeah, I feel like they're, they're, theirs is like an underrated matchup. It's, dude, it's so weird because like with Michaels and, and Brett being such rivals and shit, but they have amazing chemistry with all the same people. Like even yeah. even Michaels and Owen was always really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, you know, like they did that angle with with Owen where Michaels took the the fucking kick and passed out, and it was like people were fucking thinking Michaels died on TV. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's probably where the the four that I'd go with. So Michaels and that's Bulldog from '96. You got uh, Brett and Perfect from the original. Uh, you got Stone Cold, or not Stone Cold. You got uh, Foley and uh, Undertaker. And I forget what the fucking fourth one was already. Uh, <laughs> he did. I don't know, but it, yeah, um, it it's on here. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, <laughs> so, Okay. Moving right along here, the J. Give me your Mount Rushmore of Air Jordans. And I want specifics. Like, don't be like ones, threes, fours, and nines. Like, I want to know that. Oh, yeah. You you know what I'm talking here. So, of course. Let's. Yeah, because I, you know, you know where I'm going to start. And they don't. And and you don't have to own them. These could just be, these could be for any reason that you want them to be. And they could be any number that you want it to be. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with my own ones because I was lucky to get my hands on some classics in my collection. Okay. And that's that's the reason I bought them and why I became a, a sneakerhead was because of the Air Jordans. You got your grails. You know? Yeah. And even even though, you know, you, you branch out after becoming a sneakerhead, but it all started with the Jordans with us, yep. you know, and growing up. So, but I'm going to throw at you the one that I'm sure uh, – that you know, because it's one that I always proclaim as my favorite of all time, and that is the infrared Air Jordan Six. That's a good call. Black black suede, classic. red. Um, those are always my classics. I remember shout all our shout outs. Shout out to my boy Eric Vichich. He had them on. Uh, so real quick, not to side tangent too much, but that's kind of what why we wanted to kind of do this stuff too, anyway, because it brings up some shit. Uh, but we here in Pittsburgh have an amusement car- park called Kennywood. And our school districts in the area actually have a Kennywood day mm-hmm. where all the kids have, have the day off for their school district. And, and you would go to Kennywood with your friends for, for the day, like in the middle of the week in the summer is awesome. And, um, and then nobody went to school Eric, the next day. <laughs> yeah. And, and we would, and we would have Kennywood outfits. Oh yeah. It's a lot of us. Yeah. That became a thing. Cause you know, you'd want to look good at, at Kennywood for whatever you're putting on at the time. I think our boy Gus was wearing Zubaz one year. <laughs> 
but uh <laughs> looking like road warrior uh, animal <laughs> yeah, i remember eric had on the the jordan infrared sixes and uh that's when i was first getting into jordans and everything else and like i just saw those on him like dude those are so ridiculous and i couldn't get them back then they're too expensive yep. and i think that's at the time you know even with my paper route it just wasn't happening because uh, i always said my my parents were never going to buy me 100 plus dollar shoes back then but I could earn money and buy them myself. So that's what I did in, in high school, you know, junior high and high school for Jordans. Yep. Um, next pair. Hey, you know, uh, I'd have to go with the man. I'm, I'm going to go out of mic cause I'm looking back at my collection. <laughs> I, I got to go with the Jordan 11s, the patent leathers, the black and whites. Okay. The OG. OG yeah. You can't, those are always on. can't argue with that. Like that's, Dude, I'm somebody, and you know this about me too, man. When it comes to Jordans, you can't knock the OGs and the classics. Like, you can like all the new fucking colorways you want. That's up to you, or you can hate them all. I don't care. But, like, the all the OGs are pretty much banging in every, like, yeah. ones and twos and threes and fours and fives and sixes and some most sevens. And then it gets a little dicey for me from there. But, like, all, the original, and that's, you're talking eight years of five six seven colorways and they're all banging every official hey you know just in case anybody's fact checking us or fellow sneaker heads are acting like we're not as good officially they're the concords of course as well yes naturally and then i yeah we're a little older man they didn't have all these fucking nicknames (laughs) when we were kids man they were just the the red and blacks or the you know what i mean or the patent leathers or you know that's powder blues there was no university blue shit like that wasn't a thing nope and then uh yeah like you mentioned to get the classics on i i have to since again it's a mount rushmore and and get the ones on there i mean you talk about the okay the original daddy you know which one though um i mean like go with the originals the chicago's that's what i was thinking you know okay like the the very first that's a good call to get on there and then as we've yep. been finding out, hey, you know, the fourth slot on the Mount Rushmore for Jordans is going to be the tough one. It's rough. And I'm looking back. Shit. You know what? Since I have so many of them looking at my collection, and they're not particularly my absolute favorite, but they're the ones that I ended up having the most pairs of are the ones you and I always talk about having together. So I'll get them on there, the 13s. Uh, the bread 13s, yeah. Those, I have, dude, I oh, always... Let me count right now. One, two, three, four. Four pairs of 13s. That's the most of any type of Jordan in my collection. I have four pairs. Dude, you know what's funny? This, the, I like, just even, like, watching other sneakerhead dudes and shit on, like, YouTube and, like, other dudes that I know that collect Jordans, like, it's kind of funny when it comes to the 13s because... They're like, dude, I own a shitload of pairs. I love them all. I love all the colorways. I love this. I love that. But it's like, and they, but they all say this. They're like, but I never wear any of them. Yeah, it's weird. Weird being a sneakerhead, man. It's tough for people that don't and, know. And to not explain. on purpose. Yeah. They're just like, I just don't wear them. Like maybe if I like, cause you know, one dude might be like, I live somewhere cold. So I just never wear them. And another dude's like, yo, I live in California. So I'm always wearing like ones or so, you know what I mean? Like there's always some reason, but they're like, I got 15 pairs of them dead stock. I love them all. They're all amazing. I don't wear any of yeah, them. Yeah, It's very weird, but I get that. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I could see it. You know, we all have that. Like, dude, we all have dead stock pairs in our collection. Believe that. Always. That's a thing. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, the J. So that's so that's good. What you got next for me, brother? So this is my my last pro wrestling was one. I was going to actually break it up, but whatever. We just, we just did King of the Ring for you. So I'll just wrap up my last pro wrestling one. And that is your Mount Rushmore. Hate you of live professional wrestling events that you personally attended. Man, bringing the heat. That one. Jeez. <laughs> um. Okay, I'll go with um the Valley High School ECW show because that was our first ECW show. That was That's, massive that for us at the time too, just because of that. Yeah. Um. And I, it, because of that show, I got to see Terry Funk wrestle in person. Um, we saw tables, ladders, and chairs match before anybody else did it with uh, Sabu and Van Dam versus the Eliminators. Which, which was, was insane. The main yeah. event, and it was great. Uh, with Raven and uh, and uh, Stevie, I think it was fighting out right, like, near right us. through yep. us and everything. Yeah, and just finding tapes at the time, like. That whole, whole thing experience. just, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, also along the same lines, SummerSlam 95, because that was my first WWF pay-per-view. Uh, and it was Michaels and Razor in a ladder match. Um, that show's not even that good, but I enjoy it because I was there and it's like, you know, nostalgic and that match is still amazing to this day. Um, King of the Ring '98 because we got to see the most. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say you have to have that on there to to have the opportunity. I mean, just it was like one of those situations. Like that's such an iconic, historic match in in overall event and like occurrence, basically on what happened to to Mick that night. That just being there yeah. kind of puts you like up there with. Some some like the wrestlers, almost, you know what I mean? Like it's like just the fact that they were there. Yeah, during well, that dude, there's is like a huge thing. Think about this, dude. So the night that happened, there are only I I'm Say just twenty thousand max. I don't know the yeah or twenty two thousand people. I'm talking about crew people at ringside, photographers, fucking EMS people, dude selling popcorn. You name it, everybody. On the face of the yes. earth that saw that happen in person, and we are and one. We still of them. have our ticket stubs to prove it. Like fully, fully himself called us out. <laughs> That's and when I met him and got uh, "Have a Nice Day" signed, uh, which I still have, by the way. That's my bookmark in it, and it was that day too. And he, uh, you know, we brought it up, and he's like, "You know, everybody says they were there," and I'm like, "Well, bada bing, got my fucking <laughs> yeah." This is the proof. Uh, Ticket stub in your face, Foley. So we were there. Uh, that shit was insane. And man, the now this one sucks because there's so many things that come to mind, like the Briggs story that we've told on yeah. the show, even though I barely remember that show. But because of that thing, uh, that... Uh, that show we, you know, that we always talk about all the time, where Michaels got mobbed in the Nasha, ring, yeah, and and we also got to see Roddy Piper wrestle, yep, uh, and that's one of the few times I got to see him actually wrestle. So, um, man, and I've been to, and I, 
uh, and the one that I kind of want to pick in a roundabout way is, hmm. I, this this is an honorable mention. I was gonna say is Unforgiven two thousand one because I was on the pay per view the whole time. Yeah, I was talking. Like I was talking idiot. to you. Yeah, I was at State College watching. And it. Uh, Kurt Angle beat Austin for the yep. title, which was the first time I saw the WWE title change hands uh, in person. Yeah. But the show that I'm gonna have to pick just because. It was so much fucking fun, and we still got to see a lot of cool shit. Was November to Remember '97? Yeah, that was awesome. You know, we saw the franchise beat Bam Bam. That's one of the few times in my life I saw Bam Bam wrestle in person. Yep. And we were we were in uh, Beaver together. Just, yep, literally. <laughs> and plus the the whole circumstance, like we were late getting to the show because we kind of got lost and. When we walked in, there was like nowhere to sit. And like we were walking over by the guardrail and like people were just handing us seats like here, sit yeah. down. And we we're like, all remember, right, remember cool. we tried to take our chairs and we got caught. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like new, like multiple people tried to take chairs and like they were like, no, 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 no. Like we're like, God damn, really? Like, but and of course, I'll never forget our buddy Roth. Uh, me and him walked up to the merch table and Sandman was sitting there. And uh, and this dude, like when we were waiting for Roth to meet Sandman, like there was a dude getting a shirt signed and Sandman signed it. And like the dude was like, can you sign it in this box? And he's like, what? And he's like, can you sign it in the box? And he's like, I already fucking signed it. Why do I need to sign it in the fucking box? And he's hammered. And then he was like, nah, I'm just fucking with you, kid. What do you want to hear? There you go. Fucking guy here. <laughs> like, and me and Roth were dying, yeah. and it was hilarious. So that's my Mount Rushmore of live wrestling events uh, that I've yeah, attended. So the J next up for you, uh, what's your Mount Rushmore of metal bands? Ooh, that's a good one for the J as a metalhead. Um, off the bat, you know, again, just got to go with the classics for this. It's the Mount Rushmore. I'm sorry. I keep saying that to this listening all the time, but it's kind of how you, 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 in your head, start putting the, the list together on the spot. And with that, I'm going with Metallica, of course, just because that's one of the bands that first got me into metaldom, of course, in the not early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> Making up terms. Um, trying to think off the top of my head who else I want to get on because I wanted to kind of get some like obscure ones on I mean I kind of have to go with the classics so let's let's just keep keep it rolling well here. no 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 you no okay so it's it's four slots right yeah. so you 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 threw you already threw a classic on give me one of them that, that gets a slot for like a band that people don't really know about, but they fucking should like one of your favorite bands that like no one really ever talks about. Well, see, that's, that's tough too. Cause people in my circles do, but I would like, if that's the case, I would go to a band like Sepultura. Okay. You know, I mean, they've okay. been around for forever, but yep. that was, if you remember the first ever quote unquote music video that we did with our backyard wrestling, that Guillermo edited mm. was to Sepultura. You're right. Dun, dun, That's true. Dun, I remember dun, that. Dun. Yeah. So 
So that's that. That's not a bad call. So yeah. okay, I can dig. Then that. um, I, I got to get Pantera on. Okay, Love Pantera, and then that fourth slot is so goddamn tough. It's a motherfucker for like everything. Like, Unless you know, you're just like boom, 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 boom. It's like how can I say like Sabbath or Maiden or even Judas Priest and like modern bands Slipknot. You always got Anthrax, but. I'm just gonna go again. Just gut feeling, just just pure metal to man, and and just listening to them like so much in, in the '90s when I was like super like I'm, I'm still in the metal, but I'm like so all over the place with my music listening. Um, you know, I'm going back to the times where I was just like banging metal and just got to get Slayer on there. Okay, yeah, I that's kind of like. Uh... Like, I don't like a lot of their stuff, but, like, their really good yeah, stuff is really fucking good. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I can't really argue with that. So, that's a good call. So, not too shabby there, the J. I like the list. Yep. like that metal talk, hate you. All right. What do you got next for me here on the Mount Rushmore, so, the J? Jay's goofy creative mind keeps with some semblance of themes here from my topic to topic to throw at your ass. And we're going to stick with your live in-person shit, hate you. Your Mount Rushmore of live concerts you personally attended, because you know the Jay. I've been to very few concerts. Of all the things I do in, in my geekness, that's one thing I haven't been to a lot of concerts, and I know you've, you've been to a ton. So I thought that'd be good for you. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let's see. The Beasties and Tribe was really fucking amazing in Cleveland. Uh. And it was cool too because, like, they played like where the Cavs play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but it was they they didn't have a like you know how a stage is at a concert where it's like on one side of the arena and like nobody sits behind it or nothing. When I saw them, the fucking stage was in the middle of the court, uh, and there was a crowd everywhere around, around them. It yeah. was fucking amazing. Yeah, everywhere it was trim, and they had like multiple stages and shit. It was ridiculous. Um trying to think of another one that was like see and then i have okay here's a different example uh i love this band called x which oddly enough uh remember whenever moxley used wild thing in aew like when they changed yeah. it well they started out using the trogs which is like the original version and they got the wrong version uh but the second version that they got is the version that they he originally wanted, and it's because it's from Major League, and it's from a band that I love called X. And me and my girlfriend Shauna went and saw them years ago at Alter Bar. And Alter Bar is really cool. Well, when it was open, uh, even though the sound was terrible, but like if you saw a band there, you could meet them, no matter what. Like they have to come out. There's only one way out of the building and everybody has to go out that way. So like, if you wait, you'll meet the band. Um, so when we went and seen them, I, you know, art, obviously yeah. a buddy of ours. And he was there and we were there with them and shit. And we're, you know, we stood with them in the crowd and we were like right up front. And the singer Xine, who, by the way, used to be married to Vigo Mortensen. Just random fact that I know you'd get a kid yeah. out of the J. They actually have a, they have a kid together. So, uh, but she noticed that I had a pirate's hat on, and she was saying something, and I had no idea what she was fucking saying. It was loud and everything else, but like 
my art was like Ed. She's she like wants your hat. So I just hand her my hat <laughs> and she wears it for like half the show. That's awesome. And and she gave it back to me and she was like, tell them at the booth to like like we said to hook you up. So like I got some shit at the booth for nothing. And we got to meet the band and everything. And took pictures with them afterwards. And it was fucking super cool. So that's that's another one. Um, another really cool one that I went to was to see the band Flag, which is kind of a mixture of Black Flag and the Descendants. Yeah, that's what I thought. And they're great. This was the second time we saw them. The first time we saw them, it was tremendous. It was at uh, Stage AE. This time we saw them at Alter Bar. So not only did we get to see them, but we got to meet them. Uh, my buddy got a bunch of his records signed. Um, I smoked weed with their roadie, which was hilarious yeah, awesome. as he showed me like crazy fishing pictures that he got from like Hawaii and their drummer, Bill Stevenson, who's one of my favorite people I've ever met. Um, a couple years prior had uh, a health scare. He had like open heart surgery and shit. And he was doing really well when I saw him. And I'm like, how are you doing and everything? And he's like, much better. And he's like, dude, check this shit out. He showed me his fucking gnarly ass Sur- scar. Surgery scar. Yeah. yeah. So like we hung out with them for like two, three hours in front of Alter Bar after like they were all packed up. Like they just hung out and we were all bullshit and everything. And I got to meet Keith Morris, which I love Keith Morris, but he's also my girlfriend's like favorite punk rock dude of all time so she was like amazed to get to meet him and it was great so that was super cool um i think that's three yep and i'll just say this dude because and i'll give you an honorable mention too honorable mention for me is the band sleep one of my favorite fucking like stoner doom metal bands ever and uh it's the loudest fucking show I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, but the other one that I was going to say is I went to Cincinnati and I saw Ludacris and I saw Outcast. And dude, Outcast played for like two and a half hours and they played fucking everything yeah, I want to do here. It was tremendous. Like, that's back when like you people were still passing weed around at shows. So like we were getting high with strangers and motherfuckers are dancing and like, it, and it was at where the university of Cincinnati plays basketball and they cut the place in half. So it was like, it was just really crazy looking. Cause like they were on a big stage and like you were in a crowd at like a basketball arena, but it felt like they were really close. And it was fucking super cool. I've never been to another concert that was like quite like that, but that was amazing. Yeah. Again, the word so, experience, you know, just experiences. Yeah, man, dude, that's something that you got to do the J like, we got to get you to more concerts. I know. Like, even if it's just know, shit a little bit outside your wheelhouse, just to go and hang out. That's what the pandemic brings out too. It's like, I'd go see like yeah. Keith Johns and the farts tomorrow. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'd see whoever at this point just to get out. And go to yeah. a concert, yep. a live show. So I'd definitely be down for and, that. And there, I do have uh, something you might be interested in too, because uh, guess who's playing in town in like a couple couple of weeks? The Farts, Rakim. Ooh, we're at uh, Point State Park. It's part of Juneteenth. Oh, that'd be cool. 
And they got Big Daddy Kane too, which I don't know how big you are. I like Big, big Daddy, Daddy Kane, Kane, but it's like a, another legend. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got to do that. So that's a possibility too. If you when is that. it? Uh, I think it, I'll have to look on the dates again specifically, but it's towards the, it's like June 19th, 20th, 21st. It's like a few days. I just don't then remember I'll be which gone. day it's on. You might not be gone. You might be back. Okay. So I like, that's what I'm saying. I don't know for sure the dates. I got to double check, but you know, there's always more shows coming. Trust me on that one. Yeah, I'd be down. So next up the J this one might be tough, but I think it'll be interesting. Uh, Give me your Mount Rushmore of influences like people that you don't know that like had a impact on your life. Like, cause you're a, you're a artistic person. So like, who would you, and it could be, you don't, it doesn't have to be like one person, two person, three, four. It maybe it's like a band that really inspired you. And then a filmmaker that really inspired you. And then a writer that you love or however you want to do it like that. You could do it like that, but your influences. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it to quote unquote celebrity influences as opposed to like my parents or things like that. Yeah, that's know? what I mean. That, I, I said I, that's why I specifically said people that you don't uh, that like, you don't know, you gotcha. don't really you know. <laughs> yeah, now it could be somebody that you met, but you don't really know them. Like you've never been to their house. You don't. You well, know what I'm saying? Let's like, start with the ultimate cla- personal classics, and, and you know this: Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. Um, got me into weightlifting, falling in love with uh, Conan when I was a kid with my cousin who got me on that movie too. Like my, my cousin, Johnny, he was uh, like nine months older than me. He was almost like a little bit of an older brother figure for me growing up, you know, cause we knew each other since we were in diapers and things like that. Yep. So yep. He, he was a cool cat, man. He got me into to metal horror movies, uh, video games, skating. So uh, pretty cool there, but yeah, he was into Conan. I just loved Conan. You just see the size of, of Arnold. And then, you, you know, then of course, predator not too long after that, and, uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know, as soon as I could get in the gym, I always say, man, I was fortunate to, to just be a gym rat since I was 15 and I'm 41 now. I've been consistently in the gym and Arnold Schwarzenegger was a big influence on that. Like so many other people, Dude, of course. That's, uh, my dad, as you remember, the Jay was always massive into like working out and stuff like that. And he's the one that like showed me pumping iron and stuff like that. Like, to be because he knew I liked Schwarzenegger, but and he knew that I knew Schwarzenegger did like the Mr. Universe stuff. But he was like, Watch this movie, you actually see what he does. Uh, and of course, it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Like El Numero Uno. Yeah, classic. And like I oh. always bring up the scene when he's posing in the gym in the uh prison for, yeah, for no reason. That, he's just like, nah, like damn, damn, man. Boy, that, that really goes over your head as a kid watching that movie. You know that? Yeah. Jesus. That's so funny. I mean, that's why that was so legendary. Cause like, I always say you can't write that. Like it just happened. It was like a, you know, just a stamp of time, you know, like that they yeah. were able to pull that off. Cause again, it was like wrestling with shadows where he had a, that's dude. That's I was just about to say such that. a that's weird so coincidence. Weird. Yeah. It's like, you got a documentary team following you and then it goes into the, most controversial thing in literally pro wrestling history. And it was like the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole um, year of Schwarzenegger's like last real run before he's going to go into Hollywood and stuff in the bodybuilding world. And, 
him and Ferrigno and everything. So yeah, definitely Arnold on there. Then I'm going to go with one that we would probably have in common. Hey, yep. With the classics here for influences and for multitudes of reasons too. But of course, Bruce Lee got to be on there. Oh yeah. With that's dude, that's good just for motivational reasons and inspirational type things. Like even if you're, it's not like you're out here doing fucking, you know, martial arts, but like you could still use his lessons and stuff in almost anything. So that's, what's kind of, it's kind of universal. And I think that's kind of why he was like that to begin with. Yep. And then next up, and I, I've got to say this one um, goes into, of course, the film, the independent filmmaking for me and, and okay. what really is probably there's so many influencers. But for myself personally, going back to childhood, you know, before Scorsese, before I found Scorsese and, and things like that, uh, I'd have to say go with Steven Spielberg as my third. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Just because, I mean, yeah, I see that with the. You're a fucking dreamer. Exactly. That's and what the, it is. And the, the That's... storytelling that he was, the, the, his unique style is and, and everything else is just, you know, being a child of the 80s, even the stuff that he wasn't the director of, but a producer of like Goonies and things like that, of course, is just... Uh, it just reminds me of growing up in the eighties, you know, and that's what made me want to kind of look at movies and even at a really young age, kind of be like, how do they do this? Like this, this is like real pe-, you know, cause it's like when you're young, you're like not really grasping everything. Like, you know, you're watching something, you know, that it's not re- real, you know, star Wars isn't real, but then, then you start thinking about the next part of like how the hell they're, they're doing this. Like, how are they filming this? You know, I, I also think Spielberg, at least for me, in my age and everything like that, he was like the first one of the first filmmakers that I think I realized as a kid, like that, like watching his movies made me realize that like you were supposed to get lost in movies and kind of let them take you away. Cause that's exactly what his movies are more so than almost any, like, you know, like a lot of directors are like my movies are, you know, uh, staunch with realism and stuff. And like, that's Spielberg's, definitely not that he's like taking you to movie land exactly like and you you know you're gonna get this story and it's gonna have like redeeming qualities and people and you know like it's gonna wrap up nicely and and i know that that's why a lot of people don't like him but you know it's like the magic of movies type thing like he's one of the best examples of that i think Yep. no i agree and then to round it out now this one might be controversial actually um for our seven listeners but uh, who, who knows? I mean, you know, you would get it because you know how I kind of look at this guy, but I'd have to throw him on there as an, as an influencer for what he does and how I am a self-proclaimed jack of all trades kind of personality and things like that. And that would be Joe Rogan. Yep. Oh, man. See, I don't I don't like Joe. Rogan. Yeah, see, exactly. But I, yeah, I, I don't for what he does. It's your list, though. Exactly. So that's, and, it's, and just the fact that he was. Uh, an MMA commentator at the outset of that entire industry. And he was also a stand-up comic that people didn't even realize. And he was a good stand-up comic. And then of course, you know, helping pioneer. I know he wasn't the first one, but to really have the first huge podcast hit. And the thing that I would put him on my influence list the most for is the fact that his show was the first one where I got to personally listen to so many different facets of 
present human beings like from because he didn't just it wasn't like Stern that would have old celebrities like Rogan would have other standups that weren't as well known. He would have on scientists. He would have on, you know, actual doctors. He would have on nutritionists, former bodybuilders, like the list goes on and on. I mean, you know, he's up to like however many episodes. I couldn't even tell you. It's ridiculous at this point. But yeah, for for me personally, um, and and again, I don't know any of these people personally either. Like I I can't tell you how they are as a person, but I'm just saying from the way I viewed this Mount Rushmore, is is kind of just a personal influence for me the way i look at it well and i mean i give you some credit because like you at least have solid reasons it's not like you're like i like his shit takes on things like yeah you know what i mean like i like when he treats people like garbage yeah because that's that's even the thing with arnold and everything that he's done because you know at the end of the day everybody's flawed yeah so so horribly flawed <laughs> yeah, and I'm right with them, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's my Mount Rushmore on influencers. Hey, another really good one. Um, okay. And we we're past our time mark. I, I got one more for you. Did you want to round out the 10 at this point or you, you it's, for one it's up more? to you? Yeah, we could surely do one more. All right. So my last one towards you, Hey, is your Mount Rushmore of movies to see in a theater. Um, hmm. okay. Uh, this one's going to kind of be a cop out because, you know, I don't want to put two from the same thing, but they kind of go hand in hand. And I was going to say Terminator and Terminator two. Oh yeah. Uh, but if I had to choose between the two, I'm going to say the second one. Yeah. Cause it's, it's way more epic. Uh, another one I'd put on there would be. Hmm. Now, it always depends on the situation, too. Like, sometimes things are better with an audience that are set up for it. Like, because you can go and see a movie that you've seen a hundred times with an audience, and it's really fun. Uh, Man, there's so many. I know. Tell me about it. (laughs) Fuck. That's, That's such a hard question. Um, That's why you just have to go with your gut. Hey, yo. Yeah, I'm just going to wing it here. I'm going to say Rocky. Um, So we got Terminator 2, Rocky. Uh, shit. Damn. So you got me stumped on this one. Yeah, well, just because there's so many ways to go. That's the hardest ones, of course. Yeah. I mean, and like, you know, some movies are basically only tolerable in the theater right. <laughs> because it's like, that's the point. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to watch fucking Mad Max, the remake uh, at home. Like, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't... Well, that's what I was going to say to help you out. There is no wrong answer. You know that. So, yeah, I mean, you I'll, have, I'll you say have to torture even... yourself. Well, no, even though I really didn't even care for the movie, I was going to say Mad Max. The remake is like that, because if you're not watching it in the theater, I don't think there's much. Yeah, I'll tell you what, because I think you you were one of the ones that said this to me initially when it first came out and you saw it, because I, you know me, I'm like one of the few people in the world that has the home 3D that I do. And, mm-hmm. and I have Mad Max Fury Road on 3D, and it's one of those ones that sticks out as being worth 
seeing in 3D. Yeah, I saw it in the theater in 3D, and it was like, that was the coolest part about it. Yeah. Like, they did, re- it wasn't like corny shit the way they incorporate, like, every way they incorporated it was really cool. So, yeah, and then, uh, you know, uh, okay, I'm just going to throw this one out there because it's, it's kind of unexpected, but I got to see this in a packed house, and I know you did too. So, and I don't remember if we were in the same exact theater because of the way that I went and saw this, but when Blair Witch Project first came out. Oh, yeah. Um, seeing that with an audience full of people that had no fucking idea what was happening was awesome. Yeah, that's a good Because, call. like, you got everything from, like, people that loved it to people being like, that was bullshit. This movie sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. I liked it. Like, either way, nobody was like, eh. Like, you had a strong conviction one way or another. So, I thought that was pretty cool, too. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'd go with that. So, you know, I think that's uh, that's pretty evened up here. The Jay, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that was a good time. Because it, it was funny because so when we were bringing this up, we were like, man, we kind of hate those cop out list podcasts or when they do lists. But this was a different way to do that. And I think it really worked out because, again, it caused the, created a lot of good side tangents and, and different. Insights. And it wasn't easy. Not easy at all. There was some rough <laughs> shit in yeah. there. Yeah, that's, you know, like we threw some shit there to see what, what we could do. But, uh, but we're all pretty well versed in our stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't going to ask you like something that like. Like, give me your top, uh, give me your Mount Rushmore of comic book illustrators. And when I say illustrators, I don't mean the people that draw them. I mean the people that do the shading. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, <laughs> like, we, we know each other well you know, enough to get good categories. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. So, hope you guys enjoyed that. That is uh, part two here of our summer vacation special. Uh, the Mount Rushmore special, if you will. So, uh Don't forget to join us next week when uh, we return with episode 76, the J. That should be a lot of fun. Crazy. Past the 75th mark, man. Going, creeping towards 100 episodes. Hey, uh, the big extravaganza, even number Hondo episode. So, yep, we're getting there. So, uh, that's it for us. Uh, So, thanks for sitting down and doing these uh, specials, the J. Hope you uh, have not been accosted by Florida man by the time uh, people are hearing me say this. Um, But uh, that's it. Uh, Anything else you'd like to say to the people, the J? Florida man can't handle the J. Hey, you you know that. Fucking right, man. So, we'll see you guys back on the regular episodes. We hope you enjoyed the summer vacation special. So, for the J... I'm Ed. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye now. What's real? What's real?